this is the art of discussing where everyone is committed to having discussions with people sharing different points of view while respecting the person expressing them. We're your hosts. I'm Ben. And I'm Kate. And we're excited that you've joined us. Let's get to this week's episode. Welcome back to Art of Discussing. I'm Kate. And I'm Ben. And we are here today talking about inflation and kind of the economy at whole, like inflation, recession, what does that all mean? How did we get here? How do we get out? There's this new Inflation Reduction Act, like help. So Ben, (laughs) Uh, can you help with, I think we're going to do some foundational things in the beginning, like what are the definitions of some stuff? Make sure we have like basic layperson because neither of us are economists, but basic, you know, uh, economy 101 sounds like and then we're going to go kind of into the more where we are now and how do we get there how did we get here what are the benefits of being here i know that's a radical statement to most and like where are we going from here you want to go over starting with the definitions and some of that information so uh for our listeners right like you're this is september of 2022 you're you're probably hearing a lot of uh well definitely a lot of the sky is falling from you know whoever you listen to. Uh, globally, um, everyone is kind of dealing with inflation and economies, you know, economic slowdowns uh, all over the world. And you, assuming that you're hearing these terms, inflation, uh, recession, depression, consumer price index, you know, all these things. Uh, if you don't know what it is we're talking about, it may it may be a little daunting to like stop the the I guess media media stream to kind of get on there. So I'd like to do that now. Um, and the, I got a couple of you know just I, I looked it up on Investopedia. I've looked a couple of uh, sources, but overall, inflation can just be described plainly uh, as a rise in prices which translate and i'm sure most of you know that right like you're going out you know you're buying you're buying groceries you're buying gas you're buying a lot of things and you're just noticing that they're more uh expensive than they used to be so that uh according to and again kate and i aren't economists um so if you guys are interested in hearing more about this do let us know we'll get an economist and we'll talk to him we'll give them all the inflation and the you know recession and oh my gosh what's happening what's actually happening um in your humble opinion um to the economist but what what's going on is inflation can be caused a couple of ways so there's some uh natural inflation in which people you know i some of you out there have maybe <laughs> talked to your grandpa and he talks about buying hard candy for like a nickel right you can get like a whole penny candy bag that's why they called it penny candy you can get like a whole bunch of it right you can't do that nowadays um right and and you know a little bit of why is in part due to natural inflation over time right as as economies grow dollar prices are worth more so it just kind of price creeping up 
is is kind of a given over time. Normally, and it's I I'm sure someone can actually calculate what that average price is, but in general conversation, two percent year over year is kind of expected. So your economies, your GDP or your economy, your gross domestic product is, um, which is gross domestic product. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but it's basically the amount of money that uh, a country makes, a country's salary, if you will, right? But a country is very entrepreneurial and they make their own money, right? They don't get it from, uh, I don't know, the Earth Corporation. I, they, they don't get it from that, right? They don't work at the Earth Corporation. They make, they sell and make things themselves and their gross national product, um, gross domestic product, sorry, is what they, what they make in a given amount period of time. So that's expected to increase about 2%, one to 2% per year. So higher, faster than that, uh, you could probably see a little bit more inflation, natural inflation, um, but that's where they try and the Fed, and we'll also talk about them a little bit, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, which is the central bank of the United States. And fun fact, neither federal nor bank, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so uh, inflation overall, let's say that again, it's a rise in prices that can be translated as the decline of purchasing power over time. Um, there are a couple causes of inflation we'll talk about. Um, you'll hear a uh, cost pull, a uh, cost, let's see, I want to make sure I get this right. There is... Consumer price index? Is that what you're talking about? Not the consumer price index. We're actually talking about types of um, causes of inflation, types of inflation. So there's a demand pull inflation, right? Okay, there we are. So if inflation is the rate at which the cost of goods and services increase over a period of time, the question becomes, okay, how did those goods and services prices go up, right? There's, there's one way called demand slash pull. So this is where the demand for goods exceeds production capacity. I, I direct our listeners to look at the housing market, right? If you got a lot of people that want a house and you don't have a lot of houses, the demand for the houses pull up the housing prices. That's a demand pull situation, right? And just well, think on a, on a bigger scale. Yes. I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but COVID, the pandemic, everyone was home. We were getting you know checks from the government. So there was a lot more demand, I would say, from because of the supply chain issues with lockdowns in other countries and things like that, like that was like furniture took six months if you ordered it. Cars took six to plus months if you ordered it. Right. Because of um, as well. And you'll you'll also find so let that's excellent to talk about the the pandemic, right? So let's let's instead of houses, let's focus on toilet paper. Toilet paper should be at, at no point in time more than $20, right? For a roll of toilet paper. It shouldn't be more than that. But during the pandemic, you notice that there was nobody making toilet paper, right? And so there is a supply side to that, Kate, that you mentioned. But if there, bottom line is if the supply isn't enough to keep up with the demand, the demand pulls it. So that's where you get demand pull, right? Make more toilet paper. Okay, I'll make more toilet paper, but it's going to cost you, right? 
Um, there's also a cost slash push. So if the ingredients that go to make toilet paper, if demand goes up and everybody wants toilet paper, so they want to increase production of toilet paper, well, they'll, they'll go, okay, what do I need to make toilet paper? Because all these people want toilet paper and now I can sell it like $50 a roll. So how do I get there? Well, the paper people are going, well, unfortunately, I feel like paper is going to be three times the cost because everybody wants toilet paper, right? So the toilet paper making stuff goes up. Um, and when that happens, they just push that down the line. So that will also increase the price of toilet paper, right? A natural thing that decreases inflation is if somehow you can make demand, this is important, somehow you can make demand magically go away, right? All of a sudden, people don't want toilet paper. I don't see that happening, but it could, right? Like everybody's just going to go to the river and wash their butt in the river. I don't know what they're going to do, but if everybody's sitting in their sinks to get clean, then, um, then toilet paper demand goes down right? The demand for toilet, and that will naturally, nobody's paying $20 a, a roll for toilet paper. So it goes down to five and it goes down until someone goes, oh, maybe I don't need my sink. Toilet paper is back to $3, you know, a roll. It's not, but you know what I mean? Um, so it, it comes down enough. So that is how you can bring that down. You can fight inflation in that regard is to curb demand. The reason why I explain that is uh, that is one of the ways that the Federal Reserve Bank in their little levers for the economy, they are trying to affect demand, right? They pull a lever, they raise houses, and now people are like, I'm not paying 25% interest for a house. I Obviously, I, at the time that this shows, interest rates are not 25%. Just want to say that for our future listeners, right, that are listening to this back in the day. It's more around six, seven percent, right? But I wanted to be dramatic. So twenty-five percent, you know, if they raise the the interest rates twenty-five percent, I'm pretty sure overnight nobody buys a house. Nobody. Everybody's going to be like twenty-five percent. I don't think so. I don't need a house that bad. I'll live in this cardboard box for a little while longer. I'll live in my car for a little while longer. I'm fine. And if that happens that will serve to have a super effect on inflation and the price of housing. They'll just, because nobody's buying them, the one or two people that need them got a whole bunch to choose from. So you see demand sharply went down, supply didn't move, but now compared to demand, it's, it's well within bounds. So those will, those will come down. The, well, and I that, think historically, like in, was it 1980? The uh, interest rates did reach like 23 point something percent uh about then yeah 23 18 to 23 somewhere in there they were super high and they they haven't been there up there since right but yes that's a good point um and that a lot of people and that is right at 80 uh late 70s 1980 um and that's we'll also listeners be hearing people talk about is this like the 70s all over again for those of you who don't know what happened in the 70s there were a number of factors that contributed to uh, skyrocketing inflation. Um, and a lot of them had to do with this demand, supply control, right? Uh, during the pandemic, when people, when everything shut down, you're actually looking at a lot of 
supply chains stopped. So now if you have any demand, any demand, if you have one person out there that needs toilet paper and no toilet paper, right? Nobody's making toilet paper. Then that's also right. You're already, the demand to supply ratio is already off. Um, So that's it at a, at a, and then, then, like I said, the built-in just to maintain rising uh, costs, uh, there's a certain amount of 2% generally accepted inflation that's built in, but that is generally mitigated by the rising wages, which you people generally get yearly or at some period, right? That keeps pace with the inflation. So it doesn't feel like a raise, but it is a raise, but it's just enough to keep everything kind of the same. And so that is also important because if inflation outpaces that wage rate raise, 2% here, right? 8% is here. So you got, you're feeling the pinch of 6% in prices going up. And that's a lot. Can inflation get out of control? Sure it can. Yes, it can. Um, If people aren't, if countries and organizations aren't managing it correctly, there is a term called hyperinflation. Um, there, so there, there's easily other stuff. There are things, it, and I, I want us all to take a deep breath in, let it out. out. It's not good now. And look on the bright side, it could get worse. This is not hyperinflation oh my gosh. at this time. So, wait, um, wait to instill confidence, Ben. So, I mean, I am confident <laughs> that we will address this issue before it becomes hyperinflation and it's yeah, just I mean, what i to, to be responsible what i read was the fed which i know we're talking about later right for this situation that we're in right now thought it was a temporary it would auto correct itself so they didn't jump in as quickly right now they're jumped in right so now they're actually taking a pretty proactive approach by raising interest rates etc so hopefully that will help mitigate and not not to scare everybody who's listening to this, hopefully that will help mitigate inflation and not have it completely get out of control to hyperinflation. Okay. And so the next thing, now that we know what inflation is, because one thing is like you mentioned, the, the Fed is now focused. They thought it was transitory, this inflation spike. Uh, they feel that it is not inflation, is not transitory and that they're going to fight it. So who out there has heard of stagflation? That's another term, which I kind of been hearing tossed around, not enough, right? I mean, not, I'm sorry, that's, let me take that back. You're hearing the term stagflation tossed around, not as much as you hear inflation, not as much as you hear the term recession. What is stagflation? So let's back up. Let's talk about recession. You hear that's another big term that you hear. We're in a recession, right? A recession. Sessions, recession sad. There's a recession and there's a depression. A lot of you listening may recall the Great Recession. Um, A lot of you in school have probably learned about the Great Depression in the 1930s um, in the United States. So a recession generally accepted is a period of significant and sustained economic downturn 
Um, so uh, you're a, an economy. If you think of an economy as an, a balloon, right? You blow into it. Uh, it's doing great. The stock markets are killing it, right? Everything's wonderful. It gets big. I and also again not an economist, but uh, it's a balloon. It gets bigger. It's it's nice. And if uh, there's a downturn and we're you know people aren't buying our products general global opinion people don't like us they don't they're not coming to visit us or tourism's down some of that air goes out of our balloon right our economy which is this balloon gets smaller if that happens over a, a period of time generally accepted two quarters right a quarter of a year is three months so we're talking about six months if over half a year our economy continues to shrink that's considered we are in a recession. Well, how do you know if you are about to be in a recession if that period of time hasn't lapsed? You don't really know. You can only talk about it and guess, which is, happens a lot, right? Like on TV, I think we're in a recession. I don't know if we're in a recession, but this is why they don't really know. They won't know until that amount, like something could happen that has us jump back up, right? And then over that six period, six month period, we're even, which means we're not in a recession. But at the end of six months, if you look backward and go, man, we shrunk here and we shrunk this quarter, we shrunk last quarter, recession. That's where people start to say we are in a recession. Well, Ben, what's the difference between a recession and a depression? How does a recession not be a depression, right? Again, same concept your economy is shrinking what changes is the amount of time so what i'm reading in investopedia articles and other articles is about three years if that is a sustained shrinking of your economy over three years three years guess who's in a depression you are you're in a depression but we're not we're not in a depression that's not the case so recessions happen more often than depressions just based on right if if we have a upturn in a quarter that has us be out of a recession even if we downturn you know back the next the next one you know it's got to be sustained so uh there you go there you have it that in a nutshell is the shrinking and the growing the shrinking over two quarters is a recession the shrinking over a period of three years is a depression why did I just tell you that? Well, stagflation. Stagflation is a condition in which there is rising inflation and shrinking economy. So that is, it's not, they're not a given. One does not happen and then the other happens as well. They can exist at the same time. And when they do, they have their own term, which is called stagflation, which is st- Stagnant for stagnant economy and inflation, which is inflation as we just defined it. So if we were in a recession, a period of stagnant economy or a shrinking economy, and we were in a period of rising inflation, we would be experiencing what is called stagflation. Why does that matter? Um, Well, it's good to differentiate, right? But one of the things I, I'm mentioning is, Kate, before you, you said, hey, you know, the Fed now understands they know what to do. The Fed shrinks 
and grows or shrinks and expands our economy by pulling the levers that they have interest rates rising lowering interest rates um rising you know bond rates all that good stuff if they want people to spend more they'll lower interest rates oh wow it's zero zero percent interest to buy a house i'm gonna buy a house that's great right it's it's not gonna it's also not currently zero percent but whatever it's a good situation that now lots of people are gonna go out there and get it um we've been close I mean, I know close it's like to zero percent or that type of thing, but I have never heard of it being zero. Zero. That's a, that's a side. Right. That's something else. Zero. And it is not currently zero. And but that's so that's how they they incentivize people to go borrow money, go go buy a house, go do, you know, money is cheap. Go get some for you. Right. And do things with it when they don't want you to do that. And that's how they increase demand. Remember how I was talking about uh, inflation and demand and supply, supply and demand. If they don't want you to do that, then they tighten the money supply. So they raise in interest rates. People stop spending all that money, right? People, the price to get a loan or to buy, get money is expensive and nobody wants to do it, right? So demand goes down. And that is how they combat uh, the shrinking and the growing of the economy to keep things like inflation under control, right? Amongst other things. So fun fact, if you lower interest rates, you increase the money supply. If you increase the money supply, you raise inflation. Inflation goes up. So if just for an example, the government decides something has happened. Uh, we're going to lower interest rates, but we're also going to increase the money supply that's already out there by supplying people with money. That is one method, right? If I just give everybody $5, that they have $5 more than they had a second ago, I've increased the money supply. If I do that, something I'm going to need to watch out for is inflation right you so inflate. are you talking about like government spending not necessarily on programs or things like that but like the the stimulus packages that we've got we had during covid things like that or just general spending money supply general spending but so the the only authority that can make more money is the u.s treasury yeah if they make more money Put it out there. Like if they make more money and then put it in a giant warehouse and don't let anybody touch it, the money supply has increased. But how much is in circulation? We're talking about how much is in circulation. So if they they open the doors to the warehouse and it's like, get all this money out to the people and they give it to people. Now that money's in circulation. If that happens, then inflation will rise. So if you can think of some examples and, you know, that that's happened, then at those periods, we would be, should be worrying about inflation and how we're going to address it. So, um, so there's that, right? Like you have opportunities to raise inflation, but if you, sh if you raise interest rates, you're going to shrink the money supply. Mm -hmm. 
And what's that going to do to the economy? Shrink. It's going to shrink the economy. So if you have stagflation and you already have a shrinking economy and you already have rising, uh, rising inflation, what they're going to do is decide which, which to combat most because it's difficult to combat by pulling their levers that they have, both of them at the same time. They can't pull a lever, raise interest rates, and lower inflation. There's no universal solution to address both. Like there's no magical lever that if you do this lever, it's going to have one go up and one go Fix down. the economy lever. They don't yeah. have a, don't have a universal fix lever. all things lever. Yeah. I guess they do have a fix the economy lever, but then the inflation lever goes wonky. They can't go boop, red, lower inflation, fix the economy, happy like ever after. Pull-ups. It's pretty funny. Pull-ups. There we go. Pull-ups. There we go. That's the Fed. This is... The Fed is buff. Uh, they, they work out more than I do. Anyway, um, so those are some definitions for our listeners. And I know that was kind of a, a long way to get here, but hopefully uh, your takeaway is a little bit more understanding about inflation, recessions and depressions, uh, stagflation, all that good stuff. So um, one last thing that we want to hit, our last term is something that you might be hearing in the, the news a lot, the CPI. The CPI is, it's gone up, it's gone down. Like, what happened? It's the CPI, it's crazy. And it means, the CPI means there's so much inflation. All right, well, great. What is the CPI? They're referring to something called the Consumer Price Index. Uh, I'm just going to break it down. The fancy way to say, it's a fancy way of saying how much stuff normal people buy how much that normal people buy are going up and down, the average price, right? Do you eat eggs? I eat eggs. I, I understand vegans don't eat eggs. I'm just saying. But like over, there's a certain amount of, you know, things, uh, food and beverages. I consume those daily. Do I need toilet paper? I use it fairly commonly, right? Gas, I drive my car, right? Like what else is there? There's, there's some, there's some uh, categories. It's like housing, clothes. Clothes. You've got clothes. I've got a shirt on right now, right? Water clothes, bill, energy apparel, bill, utilities, um, gas for your house, transportation, other goods and services, um, and fun. So those like going to the gym, those kind your of things, budget. right? Right. So that a reason that normal people rent. can all kind of agree on, right? Rent or mortgage, you know, those those sorts of things. Housing, food and beverage, medical, all that good stuff, and they they select things to put into this index and as the price of those things go up then they say the consumer price index has increased and what does that show it shows that prices are going up so they look at what were they here at this month and what were they here at this month the same things it doesn't work if like one time you put eggs on it and the next time you put caviar on it that doesn't help right it's got to be eggs and eggs great eggs were 250 last month and now they're five bucks and Why? it's average around states because i know even from like arizona to california or california from new york or new york to florida like those things are different anyways so it has to be an average of prices or a percentage of increase of prices because 
realistically, even if we're not in inflation, you're paying more in other in certain areas than you are in others. Right. But they use that. So they'll they'll take that data, the, the consumer price index in California with the same stuff in Texas, with the same stuff in New York. And then they'll all put it in a giant big pot, right? And come up with an average yeah. for the nation. And so as that average goes up and down, this is what you've been hearing, listeners, about consumer price index this, consumer price index that. As the so like Kate pointed out, it could have gone up one point of inflation, right? It's it's one point more expensive. But if you look at just California, it may be more. If you look at, but maybe it's less in Wyoming, which is why it pulled down the California number for the nationwide yeah. uh, number that they do. It's it's get for a given body of people. So, but there you go. So that's really the last thing. The reason why I mentioned the consumer price index is it going up or down is um, what a lot of experts look at to say inflation is rising, inflation is lowering, right? And you also want to look at wages because if the price of eggs goes up from 250 to $5, that's inflation. But if wages went up from 50 bucks an hour to 200 bucks an hour, that's a good day, right? right? Yeah, it is. Uh, to 200 bucks an hour, then the, that, the impact of the CPI is a lot less. Yeah. But if wages don't change, or they change less, or they go down, then it's all relative. It's all how they all mess around with each this other. This is a key piece of inflation and recession that we're talking about because, uh, you know, your price of goods to the point of natural, right? What you're talking about in natural inflation, like if everything is going up at the same time, that's different than one's going up, the other one's staying the same or, you know, you know that type of thing. And then you get off balance. Right. If... Price of goods is going up 2%, your wages is going up 2%, and you know the CPI is all going up 2%. Copacetic. We're happy. No problems. Yeah. But if it's going up by 10% and my wages went up by 1%, it's a bad day. And unemployment also factors into it too, not just. It does. It does as well. So this is why you hear a lot of people looking at um, the news outlets or monitoring the CPI results, right? The Department of Labor results. Uh, so all this stuff, right? The Department of Labor has unemployment. Generally speaking, during inflation, right? Prices are going up. Some people can't keep up. For other, for a lot of myriad of reasons, we should expect to see unemployment also start to rise. If, uh, if people are unemployed, right? They don't have a job then they aren't bringing in money, you would expect, so they're not, they're not contributing to the economy. They're not, like you, you take a couple people out of the, I'm buying stuff for myself every day pool, and now you can expect your economy, economy is not likely to grow. It's likely to continue shrinking. So those are uh, metrics that people look at, uh, the experts look at to say, I don't think we're almost out of this. Or we're not almost out of this. It's going to get worse, right? So that's what they really look at. And I think one of the other pieces from what I was reading about where we are today is the job outlook, like the the, the jobs have been in, de- like people are demanding 
employers have jobs available, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So the job market is not hurting the economy at this point when it comes to the demand of jobs. Now the wages, depending on one of the the tricky parts of that is a lot of employers have had to raise their wages in order to attract people to jobs. So that might contribute. But it, from what I was reading, the job market is fairly healthy or so right now, which is at least keeping some things in check. Uh, indeed, right? Uh, people having an option for working an undesirable job at, an, at a lower than you'd like to have wage is a different situation than no one hiring right? Mm -hmm. Not having any options for jobs. Yeah. So while it, it's still not an ideal situation, but mm -hmm. I, I that, that makes perfect sense what you said, Kate, right? Like the, the lessened impact on the, job, on the job market is actually one thing that is having our current situation not worsen. It could be worse. If the, there were no jobs, that is a different scenario than there are jobs that remain vacant that's different and, and obviously i want to put in like some of those jobs there might be a discrepancy between like entry-level frontline worker jobs versus you know skilled or experienced job seeker level right like the that that may also lead to a discrepancy that might also be a thing right now but overall generally speaking there are jobs hmm. like it is right. it, it's not it's not like during covid in 2020 where unemployment was was insane because everyone was losing jobs so at least we're in kind of that part of it is a little bit different right now because i can imagine if that was happening now or at that time this was you know like we'd be a we'd be in a world of hurt yeah. And and it and that that matters, right? Um one thing about inflation that's characteristic is as it worsens, as the inflation continues to rise and I wouldn't say unchecked, but as it continues to to rise and what you're doing is not bringing it down, it's kind of like a self-licking ice cream cone. It starts to feed on itself. So um, as it gets worse, people can't buy stuff. People can't buy stuff. People can't go to work. People can't go to work. People are out of jobs. People out of jobs. Stuff, it gets worse. And as it gets worse, the prices go up and wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Right? So, and it, 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 it gets quicker. So inflation, if it isn't addressed, yeah. So, but we're addressing it. So it's, we're addressing it. It's. Yay. So where we are now is we've touched on it, but just to outline a little bit, gas prices last month did go down, but the cost of food and rent and utilities, all that stuff is still increasing or has is still higher than it was, put it that way. Job market is healthy, may not be ideal for everybody, but it is healthy. Um, and depending on where you are, that may look different clearly what else it, it 
currently inflation has the effect of well so let's we're let's, in the 8.5 to 9 range in the last four months percent right and if we're looking at um so we as we said it before it reduces purchasing power so at the level of you kate or me ben right that means the money i have buys less yeah and and we've all got that let's zoom up to the level of countries so if your country owes another country money the amount of rising inflation has the effect of lowering purchase power right purchasing power so the amount of influence that they have to say hey you owe me 20 bucks but that 20 bucks doesn't quite buy what it did last month right now it's only really can buy 15 dollars worth of stuff you've effectively not realistically but effectively lowered the impact of that debt which can be right? for the individual person or company as well right right and it's at an at a national level it can be viewed as uh yeah this kind of sucks but there's some takeaways right that are yeah. not you know that work out for us but it's at the level of, of you and i you know, right of right. inflation even though it doesn't feel like a benefit yeah let's go with positive side effect right <laughs> like there's a lot of negative side effects and and that's that's a positive side effect so but yeah so let's talk a little bit about so we were talking about you know job market and in you know unemployment some of you our listeners may realize this is in september of 2022 and back in august there was uh an inflation reduction act of 2022 that was signed into law so that lots of people have lots of comments and feelings about true this is very true and uh i have i've committed myself to reading the entire thing if you for our listeners if you've never seen it before the act is 1039 pages long so i haven't quite gotten there all all just yet it is not uh how do you say a new york times bestseller right it's not a quick read um not a page turn it's just a good reason to have another conversation about this once you read it yeah um and that's so there's a lot in it and primarily so there is a one-page summary of course right there's a one-page summary that's provided and what uh by the government as well so like the white house or the congress um not to put you on the spot i'm just curious where did this come from because we need to cite that for the i want everyone to be able to go and see it sure this is from is this congress.gov gotcha so uh the congress.gov website there's a law that and and if you also uh you have the law and then we there's also a house committee on the budget i don't think that that's where it came from but congress.gov has it roll call what is the number it's hr oh i forgot because you can also hold on it is dooby 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 
it initially, because I'm looking at the billet itself, uh, it goes through several uh, iterations. It was originally 3684. The law is, hold on. I want to say it's 56, but let me pull it up. Inflation Reduction Act. Boop, boop. August 7, legislative day. HR 5376. And why that's important, because I wanted to say it is, even as we're preparing for this conversation, Ben and I were like, the Build Back Better. We always heard about the Build Back Better plan. Like, realistically, this is a diet version of the Build Back Better plan. So the Inflation Reduction Act, what did you say, 5650? HR, House of Representatives, 5376. So HR 5376 is the new version of a Build Back Better plan that we heard about last year that slimmed down compared to that plan. And I know Ben and I were like, wait, is this the same thing? Like trying to remember, because there's been a lot. There's been the Infrastructure Act. There's been this one. There's been Build Back Better. So want to make sure we're very clear inside of what we're talking about. Right. And so uh, right now, this one, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 uh, has a one page. I encourage everybody to uh, check it out. And it looks to the bullet points. I see eight of them here. Expand Medicare benefits, lower energy bills, make historic climate change invest, make climate change investment, lower health care costs, create manufacturing jobs. Invest in disadvantaged communities, close tax loopholes, and protect families and small businesses is ostensibly what this bill is written that it's it's uh, attempting uh, to accomplish. So, in the biggest question, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there: is the title of the bill is inf- is Inflation Reduction Act. And the biggest question we keep hearing is, how will it reduce inflation? In the media, all sides media, that's what they're talking about, either positive or negative for this bill. So we went and looked for it, how it was going to reduce inflation. And? Well, uh, it's according to uh, the University of Pennsylvania, their uh, Wharton, the Penn Wharton univer- uh, budget model, they feel that it will reduce cumulative deficit by over $250 billion over 10 years budget window. And um, that it would, they also have a key point of no meaningful effect on inflation in the near term, and it would reduce inflation by around uh, a tenth of a percentage point by the middle of the first decade, so about five years. So technically, Ben, Ben is very good at ensuring language is accurate. So technically, it would and reduce inflation by a tenth of a percent in five years, potentially. 
based on their calculations. Right, according to the University of Pennsylvania. Yes. So I guess there is a reduction of inflation. It may not be what we've been hearing to the degree that all of us want it to be reduced, but it technically does. It there's there's a lot of technical stuff there, right? Like we've we've talked about inflation so far today and what affects it. Jobs could impact inflation and there's just caveats right um and what we've talked about and for our listeners in defining inflation the caveat is the jobs that are created have to be a certain place wage-wise yeah right um if for instance and this is a, a rough for instance but if if I have a consumer price index that's 10% now uh, higher than it was last month, and that's an increase of, let's just, I'm making this up, uh, $150 more, right? So and to spy the same things in the CPI from this month to last month costs you $150 more. The jobs you create need to be able to address that $150 difference, right? If all the jobs that you create for, uh, if I create 100, that's a lot. Um, if I create 4 million jobs where everybody sits at home on their couch and stares at the ceiling and I pay you 25 cents, right, per hour, I get it. These numbers are dramatic, but I'm making a point. So 25 cents per hour, you can stare at the ceiling all you want. I'm going to pay you. I did create jobs, right? I created 4 million of them. And are you going to be able to now make up that $150 deficit in the consumer price index when you go there, right? The answer is no. So Not in 2022. <laughs> well, right. So the, the answer being no I created 4 million jobs ostensibly, right? Yay us. And it did not have an effect on inflation. Now, conversely, if I give people the same job, everybody stay at home, 4 million of them, so everybody stay at home, look at the ceiling, stare at it. And instead of 25 cents an hour, I'm going to give you 50 bucks an hour. It's a lot of money to watch your ceiling for a while. But now, are you going to have enough money to affect that $150 difference in the consumer price index that rose. Yes, you are. You can go, you, you don't even care about that. Shoot, I'll, I'll continue to watch my ceiling for $50 an hour, right? Now you go to the store. So now that 4 million jobs that I created matter in combating inflation, right? Bringing that down a bit because it should be a little less. So that's, that's a very <laughs> dramatic way to view I did something. Did that something I do help? Did it hurt? Did it do nothing? So it um, seems like it's really important for us to actually look at the jobs market and the job report to see what type of jobs, because I know I've heard a lot inside of, well, the jobs market is, you know, it's increasing, we're, we're adding jobs, but we're not talking about the type of jobs. 
So if we aren't increasing or we aren't adding jobs at a high enough wage for, frankly, what seems like the majority of Americans right now who are feeling the biggest impact of the inflation that we're dealing with, which is lower to middle class families and individuals, if we're not providing a big enough wage in those jobs we're creating for that for for that population or in general, then we're in a trouble. Like then 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 this we are not correcting it. It's going to sustain or get worse. Yes, we would we would then be in a trouble. I would agree. And so that's a good metric to look at all of these things, right? So that's one jobs. Let's look at okay. So it says. Uh, expand Medicare benefits, lowers health care costs. And those two things, why do they matter? Do they matter? That's the question. Why do they matter? Before we answer why do they matter, let's answer do they matter? Well, uh, if we're looking at the consumer price index, part of that is medical, right? Part of that is, is uh, medical care. So if we lower uh, the impact that medical care is having on a family, uh, in this case, Medicare benefits. So that's a certain segment of the population and uh, health care costs, which attempts to get everybody else. So if we lower medical care, what happens to our the price of medical care? What happens to our consumer price index? It also goes down, which ostensibly is a way to, if month over month, that cost goes down, it would bring down some of the price index. Now, uh, I have a counterpoint to this, which is like over the month of, I feel like it was either August or July. I want to say it was August, right? Like we looked at a, a decrease in the consumer price index. And the result of that was because some of the, all the prices in aspects of the consumer price index continued to rise, but the cost of gas was lowered dramatically. And because of that dramatic lowering, it had the effect of lowering the CPI, which if that lowers it, and just consider, I mean, we all know we've all been paying gas, right? We've all been seeing like, oh, how long is this going to keep going? This is not good, right? Like gas is out of control. So when they lowered the gas prices, it was such a dramatic effect that it had it pulled the CPI down slightly, which had, you know, if, you, if you're watching the CPI, the consumer price index, as an indicator of inflation, well, to you, that looks like inflation got punched in the nose. Yay, we did awesome, right? And I get it. But if those other things are also, like, if you take out gas and those other prices still creeped up, well, right? So the, this is, that is an inverse reaction to the Medicare benefits. You, you don't really want to, and every bit helps, of course, but you want to pull down the price of gas, pull down the cost of food, pull down the medical call, right? You want to do all that. Now it comes down. Now it makes sense. Now people are feeling a little better with their lives. But in this case, we're lowering medical costs and that should have the effect depending on how much they lower. That's what does it matter now? Nah, how much does it matter? Like how, how much lower are these costs? Did they drop 50 cents or did they drop 50 bucks? Right. That will tell us 
whether or not it actually is having the impact that we think it will on on inflation. But before that, in order to do that, so I have total revenue raised. We think that we're going to raise this on the one page summary of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act and total investments. Investments is a fancy way of saying, right, listeners, that you got to spend money to make the money, right? So you got to spend some money. And, and the money that we're spending on an Affordable Care Act extension is $64 billion. So did we lower, like, is the effect of those, those lowering the, the prescription drug pricing reform is supposed to raise total revenue $265 billion. So it's supposed to be a plus of about 199 bill, give or take, right? Big ones. The other key to this, though, is when are those going into effect to start having the revenue, right? Like right. I thought I read that the Medicare, the Medicare stuff is not going into with the drug that what you're talking about, the medical side is not going into effect until I believe 2027 or 2020, somewhere in, like in the, in, a, in the future. So which is probably, over the next decade, for sure. Yeah. Yes. So so which if it doesn't begin until that point, which makes sense why inflation would come down in five years, potentially not now. So what do we do in the interim? Because I think mm. long term, this might be a great. You know, I can't say it's going to be a great solution or not. We don't know. We don't know what else is going to happen. But I get I get why the Democrats and everything and, you know, the, the government is super excited about and, and signed it in. I get the long term benefits. Right. But touting it as a short term solution may not be accurate if most of this stuff is not going into effect or generating the types of revenues we need to off balance some of the spending, et cetera, right now. To play devil's advocate. I would say that there are probably limited options to affect inflation short term. You can. And those measures considered for the long term are, well, I guess I could just say that they're not sustainable. So that whatever you do to fight or to reduce inflation short term are not sustainable solutions, which is, my listeners, a fancy way of just saying, right, like I just want to say it a different way, uh, it's a Band-Aid, right? Yeah. Like it's, um, and Band-Aids, while awesome, they got to come off at some point and there's still a certain amount of pain uh, involved. So with that, I, I don't know what, I don't know that any of this is um, what it intends for the short term. And that's why they, they pass it over that next decade. So I think that's what frustrates me to be responsible for my speech. That's what frustrates me because, and I think I'm not alone in that, right? Like if you're going to say this is, this is and celebrate it, there needs to be, and I get it's politics. No one's going to do that if they want to keep their job. I get it, but I'm not naive in that, but it, that's frustrating because for the average person like me, like short term, what that what is how it's being presented versus what it's actually going to do may not completely, 
you know uh, like, i think the there's the way it's being presented and that's an interesting point i think that what is missing here possibly is being responsible about the reality of the situation so inflation is high now we want a cure right i don't think i overstate that by saying we want yeah. something to happen to inflation uh, now-ish right like we want it to go down next month <laughs> and okay i'm not and, saying next month but at least you know not five I, years i i would think that right like if i'm being honest with me yeah i want it to go down next month if i don't know anything about economics it went up like this why doesn't it go down like this right and that's kind of where we could be more responsible we being those in the know those that understand economics those that have a responsibility to the public welfare right can be more responsible by sharing hey I know it feels painful now and it feels like it got here just this summer, but their inflation and inflation can spike quickly. Right. But it can't do that without a dramatic world event or national event. It it's, it's kind of building. So, the Fed has said, hey, inflation's coming. It's going to be, you know, transitory. It's going to go away. But so that's, we can do better at saying, this is how this inflation got here. We think it's not going to go above this. And we're, you know, it should go back down. And if it doesn't, it's going to be a problem, right? But it didn't get here overnight and it can't go away overnight. That's managing expectations. That's telling people, I get it. There's these prices are going up. We can't currently stop it. We're going to try and do, we're going to see what well, I think it'll go here and no further because what happened? It did go further. Right. And so now we're like, okay, well, that was wrong. Well, what's next? The ship will turn around. It just, we can't hit the e-brake and, and whip the wheel around and turn it right around. And that's what I would imagine most of us feel can happen, right? We did some things to get here. If we do some other things, we can get out of here. And while that is true, it's a process. So here's a truth that isn't being said if this is the case. If this is, if, and, and it may not. Let's best case scenario, this act that we just enacted helps out inflation, gets it gone, reduces it by, I know what University of Pennsylvania said, but I'm going to be dramatic, 5% over the next decade, right? That's awesome, year to year, right? That's good. Okay, great. And it will do that in the next decade. The underlying thing to say here if this bill does what it says it will do like people think it will do it just not as quickly things 
will are going to U-turn very slowly, which if you look at it, it will go, inflation will increase before it starts to drop, which is a very measured way of saying things will not get better for a second, but they are now on the path to get better. If, even if I give you, even if I just allow that this thing will do what it says it will do, it's going to be great in the end, from now, things will not go down next month or the month after that or the quarter or to 2023, right? What is not being said is, is it is likely to, and, and there's a certain responsibility about people's feelings, but reporting, we have a certain responsibility to tell people the facts. Fact, the things that will reduce inflation immediately are not sustainable. So can we do them? Sure. And is there any other damage that we would now have to clean up, right? Because some of the things that have us have inflation, right, in this issue are were actions to solve another problem. That problem got taken care of-ish, depending on who you are, right? And now we have this problem. Solving this problem will take some time, and it can be done, but it will not be done quickly. What I would tell you, Ben at home and, and other people, is prepare for things to turn slowly. And that is if this does what it says it will do. Now, let's look at the flip side. If it doesn't do what it says it will do, what I just said will be a longer period of time that it does not get better, if ever. Yeah, you know, I'm not unrealistic, right? I'm not that person who's saying, fix it now. I get it. It's a, the economy. Mm-hmm. Stuff happens, right? Like, we're, in, we're where we're at. But at the same time, I don't care what politics you are. I don't care who's in power. If you're selling me something that is supposed to reduce inflation, but you're not actually reducing inflation short term or if you are communicating what you're doing in addition to that other thing that's my problem like i am I'm, I'm all for like making sure seniors are taken care of right with medications i'm all for you, you know green energy if it's doing it responsibly inside of in- infrastructure and you know not just putting a band-aid on it like you were saying i'm all for things if it's done responsibly and if you're communicating that Inflation Reduction Act sounds long-term, like it's going to be great. Who knows what's going to happen that could impact it in five years? Who knows? Like generally with the economy? I don't know. Uh, And right now it sounds great, but it it doesn't address how we are correcting inflation, how we, meaning the economists and government, et cetera, is is addressing inflation in the next year let's say that's that is my concern like i'm not pissed off about it i'm just kind of like i've come to the terms where like the abortion conversation that we will be releasing soon 
um, if we haven't already, is one of those conversations as well, where it's like the reality of what actually happened versus what I'm being told or what I, you know, are two different things. And I feel like I'm in this world where, and this was the world, whether it's conservatives or liberals in power, I, you know, it doesn't matter. But when you're not matching the two up and no one's talking about the fact that they're not matching up, that's what is disappointing and slightly frustrating for me. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I, I think it's slightly frustrating over here with me as well. I look at it that there are things about what we're doing and what we're going through that people I trust to tell us choose not to tell us because if I associate like, like they're, they don't want to wipe that. They don't want me to get that. They wipe the booger on me. Right. Right. Like I, let's see. Umpty frats. There is not a Senator umpty frats. I, I was going to say Senator Johnson, but there might be a Senator Johnson. So I don't want to say that. So um, Senator umpty frats, right? Like if, if he's, if he's my elected official in my state, I count on, or he's, you know, he's a party to the economic council or, you know, the Senate uh, for, you know, whatever his capacity of legislating is, in my humble opinion, has a, has a duty to tell us that good news and that bad news, right? He, he or she does not get to tell me the good news and then I vote for he or she again, right? While withholding the bad news or the booger, as I said before, so that I don't vote for them. And I, I understand that politics is what politics is. <laughs> Note, I did not say I understand politics. <laughs> I understand that it is what it is. And for my part, elected officials listening, I, as our, as our listeners, I, we, I just want to know what you know, to the extent that I can know it. Right. Like, don't, if you know that there's a downside, then respect me enough to tell me that downside so I can make my own decision. And if that decision is to vote for you, then I will do that. <laughs> and if it is not, then I will decline to do that. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, overall, I think if, and I know offline, Kate and I have a lot of conversations about what Ben thinks about, you know, should be happening on Capitol Hill. <laughs> And really, it comes down to one simple and achievable, if you're talking to me, act, and that is generate some bills, write some stuff. People might like it, people might not like it, but do it. Write it, write it now, write it a lot. And if somebody says, hey, this is good, but then make some changes and put it back out there. I think that when these things, you know, they don't all make them into laws and that's great, but the volume of things that we are voting on to make into laws or to change or to cut up or to whatever uh, is not as high as I would like to see it. So 
Ben is not running for public office, but if he were, the only I would only have one campaign promise, and that is I'm going to write some stuff. And I want to be totally transparent. It's probably not going to be me typing typing on my keyboard. I'm going to have my staffers write some stuff. And I say that for if you're going to be on my staff, get to writing some bills. That's all I'm going to say. Once again, don't vote for me at any point in time. I'm not going up there. But if I were, I would be writing stuff. I was trying to look up. There was a... It's like, be careful what you wish for, right? Because no, no, <laughs> no, no, Ben's not going anywhere. He's not, he cannot be an elected official. Don't elect Ben to do any of that. But yes, if uh, you be careful what no, I wish I, for. I was just saying in the sense that like, if we're not specific in our language about what types of bills, then we might get a bunch of bills, right? Like some people absolutely hate the bill that a Republican Senator, I can't remember their name right now, um, put in this week about abortion. And he's written the bill and proposed it apparently multiple times. He made some changes this time after after Roe v. Wade. But I mean, for years, he's been trying to do that. So at least he's writing a bill, I guess, according to you, even if you right. don't like I might not agree with that dude. I might not agree with what that was where says. I'm saying. Be careful exactly. what you wish for, some people would say, because they may not like the bills, so they don't even want them to get written. I I will not like a bill all day long, and I will always appreciate that somebody wrote it, that it was written, that somebody didn't just beat a podium and yell into a microphone, right? They wrote it down and expected other people to read it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. If you check no, and if you like it, you check yes. And that's how it's supposed to work. So I get it. And I I, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what his bill is. I feel like you're right. I feel like I, well, I mean, no need to look him up. I would just say kudos to that guy for continuing to write his bill, refine it, and send it back on up. Because that's is what we sent you over there for. Lindsay right? Graham. Then see, there you go. I do I not agree with Lindsey Graham on a number of things, but for that, kudos, bro. Kudos. Sir, kudos. You know, it's like, if it, not bro. <laughs> anyways, Senator Graham, you know what I'm saying. Anyways. Getting back to where we are now, talking about inflation, what have, what have you, when you were reading about this, what have you seen inside of actions to take to help correct it, even if it takes a year? Besides the Fed, you know, playing with the levers of economy. Which we didn't really talk about the Fed. And like, we didn't we didn't really talk about the Fed. Um Wow. Uh that might be a rhetorical question if us non-economists don't have an answer i mean it is it is it is conceptually i could answer that but realistically nothing would come of that so what what could be done um or do you, how given, long do you think it's gonna go uh how long okay that's a easier question to address yeah um i usually go for the big big questions so let me bring it down <laughs> So, so here, and then, and we're gonna, we should 
discuss a bit about the, the Federal Reserve Bank, but they have regular meetings, the Federal Reserve, and at the outset of those meetings, it becomes public whether they decide to raise uh, the benchmark interest rate or not. Whatever they talk about, they've got to prioritize. So we have stagflation. We have an inflation, rising inflation, uh, shrinking economy. They've really got to figure out for them, you know, for, for them, for the country, what takes priority. Because the one you choose to fight should have short-term effects. And this is another reason why I say it's not sustainable. The one you choose to fight will have short-term effects. And if what you've implemented, because you prioritize inflation over the shrinking economy or the shrinking economy over inflation, whichever one you choose to combat will likely worsen the other. So if you choose to combat inflation and that's if they come out of their meeting and they say, we are raising interest rates, that is their cue to say, we have chosen the priority is combating inflation. Which is what they've been doing since March. Right. And they're meeting again in, in I don't know, a week or so or this week. Now, they are trying to. So they chose inflation over shrinking economy. So far, so far, and if and it's a very, it doesn't seem very exciting, but it is extremely important and, and very right because they have they got to pay attention to the indicators that they look at, and there is a number of them, right? Consumer price index, producer price index, uh, rising you know job unemployment report from labor, uh, you know all the raising wages, average wages in America. There's a number of things that they look at as indicators, and they use those because you want when one of those changes markedly, they don't they don't want to combat inflation and hurt the economy one second more than they have to, mm -hmm. right? So if they see inflation break, right, and it's, it has two months in a row of going down, right, that might be enough for them to say, all right, let's, let's okay. get the economy moving, right? Let's put the brakes on fighting inflation. It's stopped. Stable, at least. Stable. There you go. That's a better term. Stable for now. And let's let's grow the economy, right? Responsibly and slowly, so that we don't wake up inflation. We put it to sleep. It's stable. Shh. Let's be quiet and grow the economy slowly, right? If and then they'll they'll likely like assuming there may be iterations, cycles of which they're trying to, okay, now the priority is the economy. Now the priority is inflation. Now the priority is the economy. And that's, so uh, how long does that take? Um, I have nothing saves history, right? When we've gone through these periods before and you got to, so many things have changed. Like the world situation in the seventies was not the world situation now. Right. So, you know, what is what could they do that they learned from the 70s that is not a, that is applicable, that isn't applicable to now? Um, I. 
I'd say it's going to be a focus. I would say this. Let's say, and I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I should Google. Are we in a re- recession currently? Right? Like I don't know about the last six months, but if I know that a, a recession is a period of three years, nobody in the halls of influence in our country, in the United States, in, in anywhere, actually, I would have met, nobody wants to be the administration that was in office uh, at a House of Representatives, Congress, Senate level, or the White House, when our country slid into a depression. So the Fed, none of those people do. Nobody wants that booger. Thanks, buddy. Now we're in a now we're in a depression. So three years, I would I would say two years of trying something, seeing if it works. Trying something, seeing if it works. Trying something, seeing if it works. I would expect two years of something similar, right? For a housing market to to yo yo maybe a little bit um, before it sees a little stability for you know lending to yo yo a little bit before it sees a little stability for um, job markets to yo yo a little bit before it sees stability in the over the next two years. I, I and that's that's is I only come up with that because I think that at that last year if if we're still trending downward headed toward a depression i got a feeling we're going to pull out all the stops right like i got a feeling for instance what that piece of law that's now the inflation regist- you know uh, reduction act if it has been stagnant and not doing what you know people the, they they say it's going to do they may put some amendments in it to revitalize it or they may go this is horse crap it's not working turn it off right like let's get something in there you Graham, keep writing. Put this in there. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's whoever's writing stuff. But I, I, I think two years is probably what we're looking at, so, at least. So I just pulled up a Bloomberg article to you. You know, since you asked that question, hmm. and in June of twenty, June twenty fourth, twenty twenty two, Bloomberg article uh, written by Reed uh, Pickert and. Eric Martin says the US economy is likely to slow in 2022 and 2023, but will narrowly avoid a recession. Now, after that, who knows? Okay. And if we narrowly avoid a recession, yeah. So um, this is this is completely my opinion. I want to preface by saying that, but if we can as a nation prioritize doing the hard thing to be better off in more than two three years right if we narrowly avoid a recession we should continue to keep the measures in place that have us moving in that direction and not spike the football in the end zone and do a little we should not do that right do not do a touchdown dance this is not over this is it could be a, a small measure and it's really sensitive because world events we're we're a globally tied society you read that article what was that that was that forbes that you that was bloomberg no, that, was that bloomberg you looked at okay found. so you read an article in bloomberg that just really um talks about how most countries currently are 
in some level of inflation or rising to inflation except right. for Russia who's cut, who's cutting interest rates. Right. So, so regions slash countries are feeling some effects of some like of the pandemic impacts that we're feeling. Yeah. And it's which made me feel better. <laughs> So th this is a, a perfect bad way. example. Like I didn't want anyone to be in it, but if we had to be in it, at least it's we're not alone. You know, <laughs> everyone's dealing like and needs to come together to figure it out globally since we're all connected now globally. It's not like the U.S. It's on its own little island. Good luck, you know, or you know, Asia is on its island, or Peru, or you know, person that that China can execute on what you just said that is Nobel Prize for economics winning territory, right? Like if you can wrangle, if you will, everybody that's, you know, to, to act for everybody going forward, and it's possible. It is entirely possible. It's just... Trying to say I have big dreams. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a big <laughs> dream to, to aspire to uh, Nobel prize of economics level stuff right a solution no that that, that works globally right between people that uh, countries that probably don't really like each other but they figure economically that's the way to go so that everybody can be good again um i think it's interesting though and in, in, when i read that because it made me realize we've talked about this before like the pandemic uh brought it to attention right how much we're globally connected with each other in the world right right which therefore created a little bit more of a spike than maybe we would have gotten in how transmittable and how quickly that the COVID 19 transmitted and grew and you know um what's the word spread right because of that global economy that we were talking about right and i think this is another key part of that inside of literally the economy and how uh, I think I just became more aware of how that economy impact is not just a single country anymore. You're getting impacts across the globe unless you literally cut yourself off from the world, you know, or are cut off from the world. So I think that that's interesting to me inside of uh, maybe a bigger conversation inside of inflation that we're feeling the impact, but our dollar may be stronger right now than like Europe's or like London, if their interest rates are a lot higher than ours, because they're also dealing with inflation too. Like there, there could be some, there, there's a lot of other impacts on that. And historically we've never been in the position that we are in now with inflation. Yes. The recession potentially, but not, but even that was a little bit more cl clustered here because it was a housing driven recession. So it's more like what investments do you have inside of that industry globally? But I don't know if this is making sense, but it's like, I feel like this this is across the board, like the goods and services that, that you know, the pandemic caused, you know, the goods and services and, you know, the supply chain shortages, all of that, and you know, it was a key, was one of the key things that, along with the impacts of the pandemic, got, got us where we are, and it, we're not alone. 
And I feel like sometimes we think we're on an island, but we're really not anymore. And we don't have a historical representation to go back to and say, you know, this is how this would work if we were doing this, we're doing that, right? Because in 1970s, we didn't have the technology to be a global industry. So our global, you know, economy. So, so I wonder how much we don't know, I guess, even the economists, because this is, this could be such a unique situation if we can't get it under control. Yeah. I, and what I take out of that is let's talk to each other. So maybe we can figure it out. (laughs) Right. Get to discussing world. Let's do it. Okay, well, is there anything else that we didn't cover inside of inflation, stagnation, recession, depression, people not doing their job, whatever we want to call it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, that that little point that was that was uh, the world according to Ben of, you know, but I yeah. <laughs> let's 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 make that a, a pinch of nutmeg to the spice that is what we cooked with everything else. Um, the definitions, um, we definitely want to serve our listeners with providing these definitions. Does Ben think that more bills should be written in Congress? Yeah, he does, but that's not really, uh, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> I think, I think we, we spoke a lot about, uh, inflation, where it could go, um, where it is, how we, you know, looked at how we got here and, um, expectation management, right? Like short-term, while there are short-term measures, uh, that will affect it positively, they're likely not sustainable. And the way out of rising inflation is more measured and, uh, as you insinuated, uh, possibly more globally connected uh, than we realize. So I, th- I think we uh, did. Thanks for to our listeners for joining us. And... Uh, We'll be back. Until then, keep discussing. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on social media and check out our Patreon page. Leave us a review on your listening platform if you like the podcast. If you haven't heard your viewpoint or would like to be a guest, email us at info at artofdiscussing.com. Till next time. Remember, there's more sides to the story than yours. Look, listen, and learn, and keep Keep discussing. discussing.